Let's thank Al Dietschy, our chairman of our elders board. He is such an encouragement to me. Uh, he's retired, but not really. Uh, <laughs> he helps me out with a lot of situations and has so much wisdom, as well as the rest of our elder team. Uh, we just went on a retreat in uh, August, and uh, they just are such an encouragement to me, and you've got great guys leading this ministry. Well, today is Chicago Bears opening day uh, season for their season. Uh, we've got, uh, I think it's the Buffalo Bills that they're going against at noon. And how many Bears fans out there? All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, the Monsters of the Midway. Now, last year they were 8-8, eight and eight, but there's more hope this year because their defense has been reconfigured. Their offense was, you know, doing some good things last year. And then, of course, Jay Cutler. There's a lot of buzz about Jay Cutler this year and what he might be able to do. And, of course, Mark Tressman, the coach, he's called the miracle worker. So let's pray for a miracle. <laughs> well, what are NFL teams all about? They're all about making money, right? And they have to win football games to make money. So they spend a lot of money. There we see... Uh, uh, some of the top salaries last year uh, in the Bears, Jay Cutler, $18.5 million a year. So I figured there's 16 regular games. That's a million a game. And then you have four preseason games. We'll call those 500000 And then a $500,000 $500, bonus. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Man, oh, man. Well, these guys are paid very well. Because they're very skilled, and it's all part of the business. Well, I tell you what, friends, even though it would be very exciting to be on the Chicago Bears team uh, for some individuals, uh, the fame, the money, the, just the rush, the adrenaline of being in an NFL football, you guys are on a much better team. You are on God's team. You are, you're on God's team at Springbrook, and that is something exciting. Let's praise the Lord for that, huh? I know some of you are saying, well, where's the check, huh? Where's the check? <laughs> well, God, God, is, God does things in a different way, all right? Uh, what he does is he, he calls people uh, to his team, and then he says, okay, this is what's going to go down. You're going to give your life to me. You're going to give it all to me, everything you have. And your whole life is going to be on mission, reaching people for Jesus, discipling people uh, for Jesus. And then I, I want you to give me you know, a percentage of your paycheck, all right? Because I, I gave you those resources anyway. I want you to worship me in that way. So you don't get paid to be on this team. In a sense, you pay God, right? As he's, he asks you to be... Uh, um, um, called, and then also in terms of time, the amount of time that uh, you put into service. I mean, there's a lot involved in this team, but the most important thing we need to understand and why this team is so much more important than the Chicago Bears is we're talking about the fact that we've been entrusted with the gospel, the gospel, the greatest news ever told. 
will continue to be told. The fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth because we were sinners, we didn't deserve to go to heaven, no good works would get us there. He came and took that penalty of sin, which we would have experienced in an eternity in hell. He took that penalty upon Himself, and He died for us. And therefore, He rose again and ascended into heaven, and now we have the opportunity to become children of God. Now that is the message. That is our mission, to get that message out and to help people come into the relationship with Jesus Christ and then help them grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. We are a disciple-making community. That's what we're all about, helping each other grow as disciples and reaching uh, new people. But there's just one thing uh, that God has as a, pre- as a prerequisite for to do wonderful things in your life. And uh, it's found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The one thing God wants from you the most is He wants you to depend on Him. He wants you to trust in Him. He wants you to walk with Him. And this is probably the most difficult thing that any of us can do because we're sinful and we just think that we can handle it better ourselves. And that that, that really makes God... (laughs) very upset about that because you look at Hebrews 11:6, and without faith it is impossible to please Him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. You can't please God unless you are exercising faith, unless you are letting Him control your life, unless you are trusting Him for all the different issues in your life. That's what makes... God very happy. brings great pleasure to Him when you step out and say, I'm trusting in you, Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. I get a very well-known verse, but friends, this is the one thing, no matter how many times you read it, meditate upon it, this will be always a challenge in your life. Are you going to trust yourself or are you going to trust God? I mean, think about what's going on in your life right now. Uh, right now, you got a burden? Uh, think about it, okay? Um, you know, how difficult is it? Is it a, a child that's causing you a lot of pain? Uh, is it a broken marriage? Is it uh, job issues? I mean, we all have those issues. Uh, that are on our minds. And and many times we kind of approach it in such a way that we say, well, you know, I really, I'll pray about it, but I really don't have any faith. Whatever happens, happens. That's not the right way to pray. What you need to do is you need to pray in such a way and believe that God is going to come through. Now, God doesn't always, He doesn't always do things the way we would like Him to do. He doesn't always answer our prayers as He would like, as we would like. But the key thing He does is He cares for us. He provides for us. 
He meets our deepest needs, and sometimes He needs to re-educate us on what our deepest needs are, okay? But whatever the situation is, when you step out and say, I'm going to have faith in you, God, that brings Him great pleasure. Let's look at a story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 13, is an illustration of faith. And when Jesus heard this, He withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by Himself, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot uh, from the towns. Those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are uh, the Son of God. So Jesus Christ was on the, <laughs> the circuit of rabbis, and he was hot. I mean, everybody wanted to hear what Jesus Christ has to say. There were 5,000 men we know that showed up at this event. So that could have been twenty to 25,000 people. Verse 14. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. Don't you love that? That that just tells you about the heart of God. And I know God has compassion for me. When he sees me struggling, when he sees me stressed out, when he sees uh, me grieving over something, he's thinking about me, and he wants to minister to me and heal their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. So the disciples are watching what's happening, and they're watching the sun go down. And they're thinking, we got a real problem here. we got 25,000 people here, and we're in a desolate place, which means it's a long way to get to food. We've got to get these people home. So we've got to tell Jesus this. He's not, he's not catching on here. So they go up to Jesus. Jesus, we've got to get these people home. Come on. I mean, they need to eat. Uh, now, that makes sense. If I was a disciple, I'd probably say something like that. But then verse 16, but Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> you just imagine they're thinking, Okay, we're going to give them something to eat. So now they had done some planning here. They, they had kind of cased the crowd, and all they had found was this little guy with, uh, you know, five loaves and, and two fishes. So they say back to him, they said to him, we have only five loaves and here, here and two fish. So what are they saying? Uh, Jesus, reality check here, okay? I understand you want us to feed them. We'd be happy to do that, but th- these are the resources that we have, all right? And, and what they basically were saying to Jesus, your plan is not going to work. We can't feed them. So let's think more realistically and, and send these people away. Matthew fourteen eighteen, And Jesus said, bring them here to me. That is really powerful. Because you know what I do when I encounter a problem like my, uh, my hard drive went down yesterday, <laughs> right in the middle of prep, <laughs> and I was freaking out, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not a happy person, and uh, you know, my son came over, and he said, Dad, let's pray. What do you mean, let's pray? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Here's here's my son teaching me, 
you know, what I should be doing. I'm thinking about my message. I'm thinking about how late I'm going to be up at night. What, what in the world's going on? And he says, Dad, let's pray. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We should pray about this. This computer problem. God cares about my computer not working, not being able to do the work that he's called me to do. Is that an impossible situation? No, it's not an impossible situation. So what happened was we started working on it, and we were able to get it back working again. I know it's a bad hard drive, but it's still working for right now. It's backed up and everything, but at the same time, what a beautiful answer to prayer, huh? You know, it's just like you look back on that, and you say, you just want to remember every time something comes up, how small it might be, it doesn't matter. But Jesus wants you to trust in him in every area of your life. So that's what Jesus Christ is saying to you and me. Bring your burdens to me. Bring your impossible situations to me. We talk about the God factor, right? Most Christians do not live with the power of God in their lives. Why? Because they do not have faith. Every day they wake up and they say, I'm in control of my lives and I'm going to solve my problems and Many of them kind of have, you know, the world's mindset, you know, I'll call you, God, you know, last resort, I'll call you. Uh, but friends, it should be our first thing we do. Uh, what we do is we look at all of our resources and we try to figure out which the disciples uh, were doing, you know, how can we solve this problem instead of just going to Jesus. That's what they should have done in the first place, to Jesus, uh, you know, we've got this big crowd here, and how are we going to feed them? <laughs> he would have told them, right? But that just should be an instantaneous response. And the beautiful thing about uh, problems and anxiety is that anxiety is always a reminder to pray about whatever issue is and give it back to Jesus Christ. Well, it goes on, Matthew 14 and 19. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. So I don't know how this went down. I don't know, you know while he was praying. If, <laughs> I mean, we're talking 25,000 people, all right? I tend to think more it just kind of multiplied as it went. So the disciples had to take that step of faith by, you know, I mean, you've got 12 guys, so let's see, five loaves, they, they, a little bit of bread, and a fish, you know, two fish, 12 guys, and they're walking up to this first group of 25,000 people. Here's lunch. <laughs> this is a step of faith, right, isn't it? And that's what God wants us to do. He wants to, us to step out and do things because we prayed and we believe that He is going to come through. And the challenge is, is that we have to wait and wait sometimes for, for God to come through. And sometimes he waits to the last minute. And he does that to show us that we can trust in him. I mean, you can pray for a person. You can pray for your children for years. And then all of a sudden it happens. It's God's timetable. It drives us nuts, but it grows us in God. And the more experiences you have like that, the, the, the greater your faith uh, grows. Uh, so they feed everybody, 
Verse 20, and they all ate and were satisfied. 25,000 people? That's a big crowd. They were satisfied. I've been to you know, big stadiums, promise keepers, and they give you a sandwich and a cookie. It's all good, but I wouldn't call it satisfying. All right? That's like 50,000 people. Uh, my, my family likes to go to Noodles and Company, and I, I really don't go with them. <laughs> they really have to work me to go to Noodles and Company. That is not a satisfying meal, okay? I mean, the small one certainly isn't. The small bowl, the big bowl, no, still it's not a satisfying meal. I mean, you've got to go to Golden Corral to be really satisfied, right? Ever had that experience? <laughs> That's what it's calling here. That's what it says in the Greek. Golden Corral satisfied. You know, you're there, you know, and they have all this food, and you just keep walking around and say, it's, it's kind of like it's free because you paid the price, right? I, I can just eat as much as I can, you know. You keep loading it up and loading it up, and, and by the end of the meal, you're just in there. You know, you walk out, you waddle out. Well, that was a great experience. <laughs> That's the kind of satisfaction that God brings golden corral kind of satisfaction while we're chasing all other types of things that this world says satisfies jesus christ only has a golden corral satisfaction you know what and i tell you a lot of you are missing the joy of the christian life that golden corral satisfaction because you do not want to express faith in god you're, you're, we're dealing with problems, and you're not willing to step out in faith. You're not really will, willing to give it to God and just leave it in His hands. And the majority of Christians live their lives as if they didn't know God. Now, they're Christ followers and everything, but they never take advantage of all the bennies. <laughs> they never follow God as a disciple. Because God wants more than anything for us to say, I am weak. I can't do it on my own. I need you. I need you. I'm depending on you for my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And people wonder why their, their Christian lives are stale and stagnant because they haven't made that decision to give it all to God, now to really trust in Him and get off the world's plan. So uh, they were satisfied, and they took up 12 baskets full of leftovers, <laughs> other broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. All right. Well, friends, not only do we have to have faith in our personal lives, we have to have faith as a church family. We have to have faith. And, you know, I just, great to hear Al and how God is providing for our ministries. And um, I just want to thank all of you who give uh, to our ministry, give to God to make Sunday mornings possible, and everything else we do. And I, I really want to thank those of you who stepped up uh, to Disciple Driven. That took a lot of faith, right? Yeah, it did. And, and, but you did it. You, 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 you stepped out in faith, and you're continually giving to the future, even though there's some uncertainty in the future. And we need some more money to make our current budget. And uh, so it really was a step of faith. Now, here's the key thing, is that we need 
to express our faith that God is going to provide for our needs. We need to pray. Pray is prayer is a you know typically way you show your faith. Now actually doing something because you believe God is going to do it, that's one thing, but prayer usually reflects your faith. So what we need to do as a church, and we always should do, is pray like crazy. <laughs> pray like crazy. Get together in prayer meetings. In fact, we have the morning of prayer here. You'll see this blue sheet here. Uh, Saturday, uh, September 20th, 2014. And uh, uh, boy, I tell you, please, please, you know, if you can that morning, please come out for one of those hours, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Uh, just stay for one hour. You don't have to pray out loud or anything like that. We had 100, over 100 people last time we did this, and hopefully we'll have the same. Uh, so if you could please just, you know, put your name down there and uh, your email and what hour you might come, uh, we'd love to start building that prayer team for that morning. Because I tell you what, guys, those are the most, the four most powerful hours this fall at Springbrook. When we all get together and we agree together that God is going to provide for our needs, that God is going to do supernatural things. And Lord, my, my prayer for myself and for you is that we would just grow tremendously in faith, grow tremendously in prayer. And as we step out as a church in faith, and God shows up, man, it's cool. It's cool. I've already seen it. Uh, this past week, I, on Friday, two times God showed up, and I'm, whoa, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, don't you love that? If you're not having those experiences, you've got to have more faith, right? But I'm having faith. I'm praying about situations, and boom, boom, two things happened on Friday that just blew my mind. Now, how did that just happen? <laughs> God made it happen, and I told people about it. I said, these things happen because we are praying. We're trusting in God as a ministry. And that's when God is going to start to do miracles we never imagined. People coming to Jesus Christ. People being discipled. Uh, missions, you know, over in India. Uh, it comes with faith. So I, I just want to continue to encourage and challenge you uh, in uh, your faith. Now, uh, one of the key things in uh, Disciple Driven is evangelism, right? We have to have faith in evangelism. We've talked about how you plant seeds, uh, gospel seeds in a person's life. So you, you cultivate a relationship with them. You help them with practical things in their lives. Uh, you talk about church. Hey, what happened this weekend? And just tell them, man, I went to church. had a great time. You know? And then you talk about uh, whatever issues they might have. Maybe they bring up uh, a need and you say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, okay? See, these are all very simple things to do. But ask yourself, how often are you doing them, okay? Because that, that's the goal of life, right? Get the good news out. Glorify God. And, and I know it's very difficult. Evangelism is very challenging because we have a lot of fears, don't we? You know, if I say that to the person, they think I'm weird. Well, I tell you what, you are weird, all right? So just say that to the person next to you. I'm weird. You're a Christ follower. I'm weird. Oh, yeah, you're really strange. I mean, you know what this culture thinks of us, right? 
We're Looney Tunes. And you know what? The way Satan has set it up is that the whole culture, people say, well, why do Christians get attacked so much? Because it's the real deal, man. Does that make sense to you? I mean, who do you think Satan is going to, you know, gear the media toward and, and other groups? They're going to, they're, he's going after Christians because he hates Jesus Christ. He hates what he did on the cross. And the one thing he wants to do is keep people from discovering the gospel. So don't be surprised when you, when people think you're weird and out of touch because you are. But you're a good kind of weird. And uh, you need to celebrate that. Uh, so, so evangelism, amen. Evangelism, uh, you need just to step out of your comfort zone. And so you need to pray for faith. Oh, God, help me to step out of my comfort zone. I mean, for everybody's at a different point. So, I mean, like, some people don't even know you're a Christian in your office, maybe. And so when they ask you how your weekend was, tell them you went to church. That's evangelism. You're identifying with Jesus Christ. Tell them maybe something you learned or whatever. Do that type of thing. All right. So, again, we got to move past our fears, uh, inadequacy, not knowing enough, all those type of things, and, and we've got to step out in faith. Well, we've got a great opportunity uh, for you uh, to step out in faith. Guys, why don't you come out? Hey, good looking, huh? You can clap. All right, well, this is our new banner that's going up. On Tuesday, we have another one coming in, and this is a Velcroed on, so we'll take this off after several weeks, but we'll, we'll keep this on. And I tell you what, you know, this is God working. I just, you know, as a pastor, and when I'm I'm stuck and challenged, you know, I mean, like the whole disciple-driven thing, I, I, I reflect back on the time when that all kind of came together, and I just said, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> that was God, you know, speaking to me and others. Uh, and this, again, is another God thing. I mean, what are parents concerned about? You know, what brings them back to church? Their kids, right? Because they, don't, they might not have any faith at all, but my, my kids should at least have a shot at it, right? So that's the kind of theme. Kids will love going to church. Join us for the New Kid City Ministry. Friends, I really believe that this New Kid City Ministry is going to be a real key to God doing many new things in, in, in our family. I just really feel it. I, there's a sense that I have. I was in there last week, and they were just having a great time. A little girl came to know the Lord in one of the small groups. Isn't that cool? Uh, and also, um, we got some yard signs. All right. Uh, kids will love Kid City at Springbrook Church. And we want you to put these in your yard. Now, I know some of you, that's kind of going to take some faith because you say, well, if I put that in my yard, I mean, they're going to know, they're going to know I'm one of them. <laughs> and I've been trying to hide that for quite a while now. But, boy, wouldn't that be great for some of you? Putting this in your yard would be an incredible step of faith. And uh, God will bless you for it. But you might get persecuted. 
I was talking with one woman, and they really had major issues with their neighbors because they put this sign in their yard. I mean, the neighbors really got nasty. Why do they get nasty? Because it's about Jesus. You bring Jesus into anything, and people are going to get mad, right? If they don't love Jesus or know Jesus. Uh, well, you put it out there, and then just it tells your neighborhood, hey, I'm a Christ follower. And it also gives you a beautiful opportunity to talk to people. And friends, when we talk about persecution, when you think about it, I mean, obviously with ISIS and just all the mass murder of Christians going on, what's the big deal about putting a sign in your yard? I think a little persecution for us could be helpful. Right? Amen? Amen. That's right. We need to keep standing for the truth. And, and again, we're asking those people who would take a sign uh, to leave it up for the month uh, of September. The great thing about this whole theme is it travels, okay? It's, it's not about a message series or anything. It's about a whole new ministry that we have, and we want to invite people out. To, in fact, we have our postcard uh, up here, uh, and you'll get this next week. But uh, grand opening of Kid City, and... Uh, we're going to give people a free Starbucks card if they come up, come out, whatever, you know, anything that the Holy Spirit might use. Uh, but we talk about, you know, our ministry. And then if we look at the next slide, uh, we'll see the postcard in the back. And then, again, more of the grand opening and then the God we thought we knew, uh, the new series. And then Trunk or Treat. Oh, I'm looking forward to Trunk or Treat. This is church-wide, guys. I mean, now until October 26th, we are all going to be about Trunk or Treat, all right? And what is trunk or treat? Well, we turn our, uh, <laughs> our, our, our building here uh, into an indoor trick-or-treating place uh, where kids can come and, and adults are drawn because it's indoors, it's safe, it's, it's on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, and it's just a lot more convenient <laughs> than trick-or-treating, uh, which I've done many times. So uh, I would prefer this. <laughs> so the idea is that we're going to have a big, Square tables in the middle, and, and we're going to ask you uh, as leaders. Uh, in fact, we have a leadership gathering on September 28th uh, in the afternoon, just right after church till 2.30. It's in your bulletin. But we're asking you, uh, any small group leaders that are interested, uh, but we'd like to have a lot of people interested, uh, to set up a separate room or have a particular part of this table in here Justin Searles is in charge, so you know it's going to be wild and good because uh, he's so creative, you know. But we're going to transform this church, and I tell you what, it will be the easiest ask you've ever had, right? you got kids next door, hey, come over to my church for indoor trick-or-treating, and we're going to have these cards so you can hand them the card when you invite them out to trick-or-treating in, you know, a month and a half. And they're going to get all the information about our church as well, but you're, you have the card to invite them out uh, to the trunk or treat. And say, yeah, well, I can go trunk. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, well, tell the kids first, okay? That's, that, that's the way it goes, right? Tell the kids, hey, we're going to trick or treating, you know. They'll get their parents to come. So, uh, yeah, we ask you to take this. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait a second. Where are you guys going? We had a cue, okay? I know your arms are getting tired, but I need the backdrop, okay? This is very well orchestrated. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, and finally, we have these uh, business cards, but they're very colorful and just a quick way to invite people out. 
uh, you'll be handed a couple of these. Make sure to stop and pick them up as you go out the doors. And we also packs a 10, so get them out to people. Let people know what's going on here in our ministry. Thank you, men. Let's thank them. And another thing, come back now. <laughs> Let's go to the next slide. Uh, I tell you what, friends, uh, Chris Green, uh, Louise Giron, and, and Sarah Mason, they have redesigned our website. Anybody notice that? Anybody notice that we have a redesigned website? Anybody out there check it out? Isn't it awesome? Yeah, it is just, it's great. And again, a website is everything these days, right? That's where people go. They're going to check your website, obviously. And so they'll check this, and they'll go to the kids' area, and they'll see this next screen. And uh, we have a lot more information about security and all that kind of stuff. And, ah, oh, ah, oh, just please be praying with me. Uh, just uh, express your faith in God uh, that God is going to do wonderful things uh, through our new children's ministry. So we had to have faith in evangelism. We also had to have faith in discipleship. Faith in discipleship and being a disciple-making community. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. We're all called to serve. We're all called to make disciples, whether it be in the children's area, the teen area, uh, being a small group leader, all those different types of things. And what I'd like you guys to do is to take out this particular sheet. This is the first serve survey. Everybody take that out. All right. First serve survey. And uh, we really encourage those of you who are not involved in ministry or maybe want to take the next level uh, up in ministry uh, to fill this out. So what you do is uh, you uh, fill out this form and uh, just answer a few brief questions. And then we have our different ministries that are listed here. And what I would encourage you to do is to take this home and pray over it this week. And put in your Bible, pray about it every day. Just kind of scan, pray about it. You can pray for each ministry. That would be a great way to pray for the church. But pray that God would provide for us in making disciples. That people would step outside of what they usually have done in the past and say, well, I've never been with kids before. <laughs> well, have faith. God will give you the, God will give you the passion, and he'll uh, do great things through you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I want to thank you uh, for this morning. Oh, man, I love the fall. <laughs> it's my favorite time of year because it is the best time to reach people uh, for Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that my friends would be praying on a daily basis that this would really have a tremendous impact and we'd see a lot of people come to Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. We have our